0: The language of legislative documents is so funny to me.
1: Give me an example.
0: Where? Well, I don't have to. You, pro- you. If I remember correctly, you were the author of Whitesburg's most unpopular tax uh,
1: bill. <laughs> the reason I could never have a teaching career. Oh <laughs> well, man, people hated your ass. I've got. I've got. <laughs> I've got a controversial take about teachers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> baby! <laughs> Hit me with it, Tom. This is going to get a little. A couple of people that, you know, oh, fuck. fucking loved all the teacher strikes, and I did too. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about it. But teachers are also precisely the same kind of. Not everywhere, but I will say <laughs> this: in Kentucky and West Virginia, what I've noticed. Is that a lot of the same people that wanted everybody to show up for their fifty five strong and hundred and twenty strong in Kentucky and all that stuff. Yeah. There's no way in fuck you get those people mobilized to go protest with fast food workers. <laughs> 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 no way in hell. Well, not yet anyways. Not yet anyway.
0: Well, you know, it it depends. Um one of the funniest one of the most uh, revisionist history things I saw last week. I'm talking about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. talking historical. No, I mean this is this will. I'm be just saying a lot of modern. reactionary
1: elements in teaching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying, as in all the working class. The point. <laughs> the the uh, look.
1: You keep trying to save me from myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, man, I'm not going to let you walk out there by yourself.
1: Appreciate. It, uh you know, I'll, I'll
0: I'll go down with you. Uh the funniest thing I saw last week, um, m- specifically, there was a ar- there was an article in Commune that um, the article the substance of the article itself did not reflect the headline, but the headline was very obviously meant for to get clicks, and it was like, following lead of West Virginia teachers' model of union communitarian unionism or community unionism or something yeah. like that, uh, LA teachers go on strike or something like that. And it's
1: so the L.A. teachers followed
0: the West Virginia. Yeah. Law. And it's, it's like, um, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man, I don't even know where to begin. It's like it's this it's the same symbolic bullshit that leftists are so susceptible to. It's like no absolutely zero reckoning with the actual material facts on the ground. For example, the fact that this strike has been years in the making, yeah. and that the union raised their dues years ago just to deploy organizers into the community in Los Angeles so that they would have community
1: buy-in for this moment. When it happened. When it happened. Yeah. Whereas, Something that a lot of people skip that crucial step, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs>
0: <little day. laughs> that's what we're going to be Thanks for setting me up, Tom. Thank you for setting me up. But carry on. I'm sorry to me. Well, I, I just thought it was interesting. People want so, so bad... For that fucking, for the Red State Revolt teacher strikes to be the dawning of, they want it to be Russia 1905. They want it to be the beginning of the Soviets. And And it's it's just just, not
1: that. No. I appreciate it for what
0: it is, but it's just not that. Well, not without some serious rethinking and organizing and, um, you know, base building. It can be that, but...
1: Anyways. Well, another thing that happened with the West Virginia thing is it, it did not come together over several years.
0: No. No, it was uh, it maybe was, the
1: conditions did.
0: Right, right, right. Well it, what it what it was is it was a eruption of genuine outrage yeah. over some really fucked up stuff. Right. And um and it was awesome and I think a lot of like leftists were sort of enthralled rightly, yeah, enthralled by, so. by by it because it was illegal. It was illegal and it was, you know, a wildcat strike. Right. And so I think that that was why it was so. Um, I, I don't. I didn't really want to go down that road to begin with, but I just thought that it, that it was interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I walked you out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for walking F- me F- out. You <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the classic dynamic of this. You'll just take a few steps on out there, and I'll just run to the You're end road of the <laughs> road. <laughs>
1: You're the coyote. <laughs>
0: You're the pl- yeah. If we're if we're on a pirate ship. You'll start walking the plank, and I'll be like, I'll be right there with you, man. And then I get on it, and I go to the very end <laughs> and start pulling <laughs> us both
1: down.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. <clears throat> uh, all right. Well, so the reason we're convened here today is- This is kind of a
1: wild catch, direct. This is, yeah. This kind of just came together. Of the like moment. A, yeah. Of
0: the moment. Well, um, I thought that this would be a good chance for us to talk about Just Transition. I thought this would be a perfect chance for us to talk about just transition.
1: Sometimes (laughs) you're just talking, (laughs) and then you're like, man, wow, these thoughts, I'd really like to get them recorded. And then you just have to go in the studio. (laughs) That's what this is. That's what this is.
0: Right, right. Well, it's okay. So, yeah, to set this up, uh, it was announced today that um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ed Markey, is it Markley or Markey? Um, uh, Senator from, or I'm sorry congressman from massachusetts uh rolled out this resolution in support of the the green new deal right. um so it's not a bill it's not a piece of legislation or anything like that it's just a resolution right and as i was telling you earlier it was like um i was listening to npr and uh, old moorhead uh, alumni steve Inskeep was like harder on ocasio-cortez than i've even heard him be on fucking.
1: Man, something <laughs> Something is weird about this. Is, <clears throat> is I guess when I was a liberal, I would listen to NPR and I would hear, before I really had a serious critique, that's still evolving. <laughs> <laughs> but I would listen to NPR and I'm like, God, man, these, you know, sort of. Um, I mean, they know what's going on and I'm just like, I'm just so stupid, man, and I need to listen to this more. Now, the more that I listen to Steve Inskeep, Steve keep is, I mean, they're dying the wool liberals, totally like, of the worst kind. Though yeah. I'm not talking about good liberals. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about like they had this guy on that was like they just have like guys on that just like support the coup in Venezuela <laughs> and like <laughs> lay out the liberal case for it and all that kind of stuff and act like you know this is just the cost of you know of doing business yeah, and yeah. like you know we have to get Maduro out of there and blah blah blah. Today I heard the same thing you heard and it's that just like yeah. Totally patronizing of AOC. It really
0: was. Yeah. He was totally just like, okay, so, like, how are you going to pay for this? And she was like, well, you know, um, there are multiple ways to pay for this. She didn't mention a marginal tax rate or anything like that. What she mentioned was, like, public investments. She said there are more ways to finance public investments than just taxes. And he was like, well, even if it's uh, deficit spending, you're still going to have to pay through it. I mean, like, he was just grilling her kind of in a way that I've never heard. First off, I've never heard him.
1: Start keep. I know where you went to school. <laughs> into the same goddamn place I went to school. Let me tell you something. That comms degree you got it, isn't accredited anymore no more than mine is, motherfucker. Tom Sexton and Steve keep on the same. same education. Same place. Same education. I mean, exactly the same education. <laughs> exactly the same. Um, I think he actually ended up giving the keynote at the graduation I was supposed to be a part of, but yeah, uh, didn't have enough credits to walk. So. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it was. Uh, so yeah, that 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 interview was pretty interesting. Um, and you know, and you kind of got though you did kind of get to see like she sort of um, held to her talking points, and you kind of got to see the reason why they're doing this, right? Yeah. Um, and so, from what I can tell the sort of main reason that they're doing it is to sort of get this inserted into the conversation. They're get, they're doing it as a sort of litmus test
1: for twenty twenty candidates, right? She's kind of putting it out there they're putting right it, they're trying to move the needle right, as yeah. we like to say. Yeah. Um which I will say this for ALC for all of our, you know, um sort skip. of hectoring tone towards <laughs> her and others. I will say she's she's good at incrementalism. look She's, she's from the Terrence Ray School of Incrementalism. She's right. <laughs> He's good at that. I'll say that. Well,
0: you know, so if it if it's not just to get this inserted into the conversation about climate change, you can also tell that it's ostensibly the purpose is to get it inserted into the conversation,
1: that government can be used to sort of, I don't know, here's a weird thought. How about we mobilize power and resources to help people under this <laughs> government that pay taxes to this government? right? Or don't pay taxes. Who cares? You live right. here.
0: Well, it's a really crazy thing because you hear it on NPR. You're like, Wow. Haven't heard anything like this on NPR in probably 50
1: years. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But it, did you hear Dominic Moncaccio or whatever his name is come is on it, afterward? No, He's no, like, no. Well, and she just doesn't know how she, they're going to pay for this. And it's like, man, you're like, been like fucking Tucker Carlson about this. Like, right. no way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. It's like, you guys have comms degrees. You're not economists. Shut the fuck up. Well, you kind of get to see, like,
0: and this is, you know, Look, my skepticism of AOC has nothing to do with her as an individual or as a personality, really. It has to to do with the fact that, like, she is in way over her head. You've got a government that is ostensibly established, especially now in 2019, to, to where we can't even envision an alternative to a government that... Exist for any other reason than austerity policies in the police state, right?
1: And she's, and that's what we mean by an overhead. Not we don't mean that in an infantilizing way, like no, yeah, no. Like I she's mean, just not cut out for this. What we mean is that the deck is stacked firmly against.
0: Well, you you saw a visual us. representation of it literally on Tuesday night on, at the uh, State of the Union, right? You know, so it's like, it, and not only that, she does. She's got people like Pelosi. You know, she was deriding it today. What she say? she's like. The green dream, or whatever these people are calling it.
1: Did you see that? Yeah, and here's the thing ALC is way too conciliatory to Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, for receiving nothing in and return. and I, right. for, for, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, for right? her fucking doing this, like, Gator Trump clap and everybody losing their fucking shit over it, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, A, they might have just caught like a weird frame that looked like that. That's like, and even totally. by Nancy Pelosi's own admission, that wasn't meant to be a sarcastic clap. Probably, right. People are just trying to gleam onto every like symbol as some sort of like clandestine like liberal coup that they yeah. just know is coming any day. But guess what? That's never coming, Krasensteins. Right, right, right. That's never coming, Pantsuit Nation. <laughs> right, exactly. If anything, they will be together against people like us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because, you know, I was thinking, I was sitting in the shower this morning, I was thinking to myself, I was like, my first reaction with the Trump mentions of socialism, my first take was not, oh God, we got them on the ropes, baby. We got them right where they want them. My first thought was, eh, we're about three steps away from being shot dead in the streets (laughs) or thrown in jail. Like it would it would be surprise me <laughs> if it's illegal to become a communist during right. uh president donald Trump's second term yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me either
0: well and 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 um so you know given that sort of reality nah. given the fact that the left is not large by any means not right. dynamic not not even really yeah it's it's just it has no power
1: which is which again is why I say that as a reasonable fear, yeah I don't say that because I'm afraid of him. I say that because we we don't have the numbers we don't have the base they would stomp us out like an ant as we're currently constituted and that gets it why this whole thing is so interesting
0: because to be able to implement something like this to be able to implement something like the green new deal and i'm i'm not saying this in bad faith i'm not saying to nitpick or you know anything i'm not saying to like you know throw people off or or do a well actually I just want people to realize the scope and scale of what is going wh- what we're talking about here when we're talking about a Green new deal. If they like they're talking about making the US carbon neutral by 2030. Right. That's 10 years. 10 right. years to make the US carbon neutral. Yeah. To do that, you're going to have to excise out of the American economy the entire fossil fuel industry. Yeah. And what they're talking about, they're going to, you know, sort of dis- what they're going to offset that through public investments, through the jobs and infrastructure they create, through a Green New Deal. Great. I I support that. You know, I'll fight, I'll die for that, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've died for a lot less. I've died for a lot less. <laughs> exactly. Um but you you have to understand that if that's what you want to do, you are going to you're going to be disrupting some fundamental aspects of American society. Namely the sort of cultural
1: uh, embedding of the fossil fuel industry in a lot of communities. I'm thinking of Ned Beatty's speech and network right now. You've <laughs> unleashed forces. Exactly. You have meddled with the forces of nature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you will. Anyways. Um, so, look. What I'm concerned about, what I want to do, it, what, we, what we've had in front of us is like a sort of Na- uh, explosion on the national stage of a co- topic that me and you have talked about a lot and that anybody who lives in Appalachia has talked about. It,
1: it's true, because, yeah, this is where we shine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is where y'all are getting insights that y'all ain't never got before anywhere else. <laughs> Proprietary right here <laughs> Exactly Because look what you're going to have to I'm just telling you straight up What you're going to have to deal with First well, let me say this Before you go on that yarn because Okay so go for it I wanted to get this out here You mentioned that Part of the goal Of the Green New Deal Was to become carbon neutral In 10 years or whatever Yeah 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 And
0: I, create jobs yeah, in doing so Yeah
1: When I was in a meeting With people that had reached out That ALC's people Had reached out to They want this to be in law By 2030 According to the people I hear from
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so what I want to say is that you just can't pass a Green New Deal and then be carbon neutral the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like if if we're waiting until twenty, if we don't think this is going to get done till twenty thirty, we're too late. Right, Sensibly
0: by the international, or I'm sorry, the intergovernmental, by our twelve year inter- climate yes window exactly. is what I'm saying. Right, yeah. right. You know, and and to be fair, the resolution itself acknowledges that. Right. There's language in it that says, "Look, there's nothing in this proposal that." even gets close to, uh, you know, dealing with the issues or whatever, dealing with the scope and scale of this. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm not at all worried about the climate aspects of this, the environment aspects of it. Those things, you know, we already know what's at stake and we already know how to fix them. We all know how to swim. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What I'm worried about (laughs) is fundamentally altering... The question of private property in this country. I'm not sure that you can implement a just transition without fundamentally, fundamentally upending. upending our notion of private property. And more than that, look, I have almost gotten in fights, fist fights with motherfuckers who have tried, who have gotten pissed just over a proposal of a small gas well tax. You know, I've got I've gotten in fights with people, to, screaming matches with people who are pissed about a coal mining permit. You, like, if we're talking about revamping in America's entire energy landscape, entire energy grid, we're talking about a mass upheaval in this country. We're, probably blood in the streets. Like, look, I don't want that here's to happen. A, here's another thing,
1: too. Here's another thing to your point. I, I, yeah. I, no, go I, for I it. I just have to say things before they leave me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not trying to scare people.
1: I just—I'll explain further. Go ahead. There is a there is a reason why there is such a visceral connection, a visceral like it's such a pressure point to talk about property. Like, people—I've known people in Letchworth County that have shot people for their chickens going on their property. <laughs> that's by, thats no accident. Right. In order for capital to work how it has to work, there has to be that sort of like blood and soil thing attached to profit property right because that's what makes the whole thing go baby if we up in notions of property we're talking about communism now yeah 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 exactly so this is the big question this well, is this th- is a watershed moment potentially go for it well this is why it's difficult
0: because the, the, like attaching it to the green New deal the green new deal didn't attempt or, I'm sorry the original new deal didn't attempt to do any of this the the new deal was to revitalize the economy and to prevent it from to prevent capitalism from tanking. That was the whole point.
1: Yeah. It was basically like uh what did Obama do when he came in? What was that? Um This is not the surge. What did you call what did you call that? The, the, the surplus. Uh, the, the uh, uh what did they call it the shot in the arm. Uh, where they gave everybody <laughs> like three hundred bucks. You remember that? The reinvestment act or something. Yeah, that well, was I the proper know. name but there was like a colloquial <laughs> name for it. The New Deal was basically that, but they took <laughs> everybody's golds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they took everybody's golds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: that is true. They did really, literally. Yeah, they took... gave you
1: more than 300. I mean, they gave right. you jobs. But anyway.
0: No, what we're talking about is, if we're talking about historical precedents, this, and I'm, like, I, I know how this is going to come across, but you just got to bear with me for a second. If we're talking about historical and political precedents, it's cl- more closely- Related to the, civil, the American Civil War And the emancipation of slavery And the reason why Go on The reason why Is because so much capital and assets Were tied up into the slave system mm-hmm. And the only way To, to actually you know, abolish slavery Was going to be through A large scale mobilization Of the United States' entire resources All of its infrastructure Its military apparatus And everything if we don't want that to happen today, because that's what will happen, if, look, trust me. Like, if, you can I, set your watch. <laughs> I, I would really like to take some of these people to where I grew up, and just you start talking about carbon neutral in ten years, where I grew up, where the economy is fucking booming. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you know, you won't make it out alive. Nah. look, <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying that. Like, to do that, to actually do it without bloodshed and a civil war, you're going to need a massive coalition of epic proportions
1: a coalition The likes have <laughs> never been seen in this country never been seen before in this country <laughs> <laughs> except for maybe the civil war <laughs> and the new deal and the new
0: deal right right yeah, right it's true. not something that you just propose people get on board with it so like oh this sounds great to me let's pass the motherfucker it requires it's going to require a coalition that can actually see it through to passage and can actually see The transformation, the revolutionary transformation of the American economy from one based on (laughs) fossil fuels to one not based on fossil fuels. Yeah. That's a very...
1: That's a massive undertaking. Massive undertaking, exactly. And so that's the thing. It's just like people
0: talk about... And that's that's one of the sort of goals of this resolution. You know, there's um, achieving net zero greenhouse emissions, creating jobs, providing for a just transition, motherfucker, uh, you know, securing clean air. And hey, water. Is this part of that in there? Um, you know, I don't. Are they
1: adopting the language of? I
0: don't think, they didn't use literally the terms just transition, but they sort of signaled to okay. it with like, you know, uh, helping out de-industrialized rural communities, helping out displaced coal miners, rebuilding the middle class, that kind of stuff. They're building the middle class. That's already a loser. Yeah, yeah, they Let's,
1: let's focus group what they're putting in there already.
0: <laughs> right,
1: Look, that that middle class and those displaced coal miners, they don't give a fuck. Please, if I if nobody ever takes anything from this show, take <laughs> abolish the words access and middle class. And middle class, exactly. If you have those two words in your stump speech, it's a loser. Right. <laughs> no, I,
0: I agree. The the thing is, again, part of the reason <clears throat> that they're doing this. ...is to sort of, I think, shift the Overton window, right? It's the it's the do the incrementalism the right way... Right. ...as we have proposed. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm not necessarily cynical about that. Like, that could work. I mean, you know, maybe you get a critical mass of people in this country... ...after 2020 who are like, oh, sounds good. You know, like, fossil fuels are bad and stuff like that. But I just got back from, you know, Hobbs, <laughs> New Mexico where they discovered the largest oil and gas reserve in Ever North America. <laughs> and so that's why, in President Trump's State of the Union on Tuesday night, he said, we are now the world's leading energy producer. We're now energy independent." That's what he was talking
1: about. Yeah. And that's just in one place. That's in one place, the yeah. Permian Basin, where yeah. I grew up. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost like history's led us to this <laughs> point. And
0: I'm telling you, like, I am look. I am not scared of the implications of this. I've stared it down before. I've almost gotten in fights before. Whatever. Like I said earlier, I fucking die for it. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying <laughs> that the people who are done who are actually, you know, trying to pass this through and make it a, a political reality. Need to know what the hell they're signing up. for. They need for. to know what they're signing yeah. up for because once you start disturbing, like I said, the sort of like what we were saying earlier notions of private property and stuff, but also the deeply embedded cultural identities. And signifiers of fossil fuels and the, you know, sort of extracted communities is like that's that's dangerous. And that's it's, dangerous. It's gonna get it's gonna get pretty hairy. now yeah.
1: So And the thing is, here's the the thing is is like you might fare better in the coal communities now because like we don't have anything right equivalent in terms of a coal seam of what you're talking about in the Permian Basin. So maybe it would get more purchase in a place like this, but there's still very visceral ties to you know people that have mined coal here for generations that like yeah would die for that shit i mean guys that uh can barely breathe but they keep going in the mines every fucking day
0: <laughs> like i said man i have seen motherfuckers get fuming red violent angry over far far, far less. less so i'm i'm again i'm not saying this to be like oh this is have you even uh, thought about the implications of this i'm saying i'm on board I want to help you do it. You, there's just some things that you need to understand and that if you want to do it, it's going to require some deep deep investment like of time, activists, you know, coalition building and stuff like that. Because ultimately what we're talking about here is the expropriation of a massive chunk of the US economy. Yeah. I mean, you could even probably say it's maybe one of the most, you know, lucrative chunks of the u.s economy because yeah. we're talking about not just the workers at the site of production not just oil rig hands coal miners uranium miners potash miners you know we're talking about all of these sort of people attached to that suppliers um you know yard hands just anybody even remotely attached. all the attendant parts of those economies yeah and there's a deep cultural you know Sort of identification With those economies
1: I I just wanted to tell people Because I don't think people really Most people Don't have an approximation Unless you've grown up in places like where we've grown up But they teach Not at all historical stuff About coal and probably oil Like hell your fucking school's fight song Is oil derrick's flaring at night Hell yeah baby We have coal day in our schools (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where they didn't just make up batshit crazy stuff about like how coal will rain for a thousand years, and we don't have to worry this is just a little bit of a downturn. It will be back,
0: oh bro they
1: had uh w- one of the
0: most one of the best content minds in this motherfucker is uh cedar coal economic development or whatever it's the it's the educational program where they would go in schools and like um they had their Mars program where they would like you know. Ask kids how they would theoretically mine coal we found seams on Mars and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it was oh, yeah. it it is like deeply tied in. And the only reason the only reason I'm saying any of this
1: is because like, you know, these are our family members and these are people we yeah, know honestly way. myself, I'm proud that I followed on in the family <laughs> I'm a I mean, I'm a different kind of miner. <laughs> but, but uh I am a miner just like my granddaddy and his daddy before him. <laughs> My product's content, right?
0: But. Well, I th- I, th- I guess the whole what I'm I guess what I'm trying to impart is that um, temper your expectations, um, and I f- and honestly I feel kind of bad.
1: I re- well, let's I'm not be a wet blanket. Let's just uh, let's think about this in a strategic way. Yes, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> Let's just like let's calm down for a second. Exactly. Let's not think we have got them on the ropes. Exactly. I mean, I see motherfuckers <laughs> losing their mind because <laughs> Trump gave them two sentences in the State of the Union. Exactly. Which is like, okay, yeah, maybe you could interpret that as they're scared, but also it could just have been like a thinly veiled threat to us, too, that, like, they might throw us in jail, too. The context
0: was Venezuela. So in his
1: mind, he probably sees no difference <laughs> between Maduro and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> exactly. Or whoever, you know, see
0: whatever. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, you're right. Um... You know, temper your expectations. Uh, be strategic about it. Um, understand what it is you're fighting for and why you're fighting for it. And ask yourself, like, what is a just transition? Somebody posed that question to me the other day. Like, what had you answer? Um, it's it was it's really hard to answer. It it is a lot harder to
1: answer than you'd think. Um, because I've been asked this several times. What's a just transition? Job interviews. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> other things <laughs> and it is a hard question to answer
0: mr sexton what is a just transition well look look um i could tell you what i think it is and i could tell you what you know i guess some of the material factors of it would be we're going to have to do away with all resource extraction probably um not <laughs> 97% <laughs> yeah <laughs> not no. 83% yeah probably all of it. All of it. All man. of it. And um, even then, it that would be an incredibly difficult proposition because even some of our forms of renewable energy like solar and wind require raw resources, raw materials right. that probably require some level of extraction. We could probably do it um, on a small scale and whatever. But the point is, is that a lot of the American economy is tied up in resource extraction. So yeah. that's part of it. No more extraction. Keep the shit in the earth. Mm. Second part, we're going to have to figure out a way, again, without inciting the unbridled maga rage of people who just want to roll coal in your front yard because they're pissed off you drive a hybrid, of doing away with cars. We're going to have to figure out a way of, and that's, and that, again, that gets at the private property issue. That gets at the personal choice issue. Can
1: you imagine... Going to some oil guy's house in Hobbs and <laughs> expropriating his dually, I
0: would love nothing more.
1: I know Look, you would, but do you know what that would involve? Oh, I know. I'm very
0: yes. Yeah, I've thought <laughs> long and hard about it. I, you know, tr- it, after the revolution, I would love nothing more to be the the czar, the czar who goes around expropriating and you know, fucking stamping out fossil fuel uh, consumption and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah no, it would trust me, these people are armed to the teeth and they are sort of organized in the sense that they have a uh, common identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, I wouldn't call it class consciousness necessarily, but they do have a sort of a sort of perverse form of it. Uh, yeah, it's a political consciousness of a kind. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there's, yeah, no more fossil fuel extraction, no more cars, no more fossil fuel burning, obviously, I mean, that's just a given. Um. So, you know, right off the bat, you're talking about a just transition requiring a massive excision of an expropriation of- just a restructuring of society. (laughs) Of society. A revolution, honestly. There's really no other word for it. We're talking about a transformation
1: that is beyond- If you're not ready for revolution, (laughs) you could pass a Green New Deal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But if it's not about ending fossil fuels, it's not going to- A, it's not going to work, but B- it's got to be revolutionary. Yeah. If you're talking about that, if you're talking serious about 0% emissions in 10 <laughs> years, you're talking about revolution, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. That's the thing, and this is the thing, and this is why I hope with this podcast we have actually
0: pushed people to looking at things from a revolutionary point of view. Because there is not a single goddamn thing and aspect of our society that is changeable through Sort of, you know, mealy-mouth reforms. reforms, and yes, exactly, incremental reforms. Everything requires transformation on a revolutionary scale, whether it's climate change, healthcare, or the empire, or whatever.
1: It's brought us to this. It's
0: <laughs> brought us. This to is me. where we're
1: at. <laughs> we can we can incremental reform our way, but guess what? New Orleans <laughs> and Miami ain't going to exist. No, you can go ahead and kiss that goodbye. Well, and plus, even doing that
0: is probably going to incite the unbridled rage of the MAGA chuds. Yeah. We will have a Vande uprising of sorts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's true though.
0: But that's the thing, man. And and I don't want that to happen. And I think that like again with a large scale initiative or effort to build a sort of base, a coalition I think that instead of trying to put all of our eggs into the basket of taking over various, you know, political spaces and electoral places, the only way that we're going to get to that sort of revolutionary point is by building a base that is independent of it, that can support the things that they propose. Right. You know, there's nothing that says they can't. They'd have to vote on it. It has to be democratic, but that can support it and. Can actually see it through passage But that's the only thing That's gonna prevent me and you from Fucking winding up in a ditch somewhere Because we uh, You know supported the stream protection Rule in
1: 2015 And <laughs> Fucking Bill Bissett just walks up Puts two in the back of our head I've been wanting to do this since Lexington 2015 <laughs> And now I have the political Will to do it Exactly man
0: No I'm being but like you know, but I guess for that purpose, this thing is good. If yeah. we're if we're talking about what our horizon is and what the stakes are and the challenges and stuff, then I that, I think that that's a good thing. I honestly I worry about o- AOC sometimes, especially listening to that interview. It's like man, And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I worry that she's in over her head sometimes. It's just like fuck, um, you know. That's it's a pretty much an impossible task in a oh. lot of ways. And if it hits the fan,
1: we got a bunker for you, saying? <laughs> just come to the <laughs> mountains and we can hide you <laughs> from these people. It might, man. It really might. I mean,
0: um, you saw how they reacted just to a modest proposition of carbon exchanges, cap and trade. You know, like, it was carbon uh, Joe
1: Manchin <laughs> stapled one to a tree and shot it with a double-barrel shotgun. <laughs> Fuck, man. I, I like to tell the story of Harry Teague, who
0: was a congressman from Hobbs, who ra- who ran in 2008. He was... This motherfucker grew up poor as shit, had to drop out of high school. He was literal sharecropper in Oklahoma, and his family moved to Hobbs. He didn't have a high school education, worked at an oil company, worked his way up to the very top he owned. He was an oil executive. He owned an oil company. He ran for Congress in. It's 2008. like one
1: of, one of the like handful of people that actually.
0: Yes, one of the handful of people that actually was a bootstraps guy. Yeah, like yeah, like one of the three people exactly. that ever exist. Weirdly enough, he was a Democrat. He supported cap and trade in two thousand and nine, and he got buried for it. Like, and he was an oil man. and he Yes, he was the epitome of fucking Hobbs. Like, he was wow. the epitome of the West Texas Permian Basin. And he got fucking buried for that shit. Wow. So it's just, I, you know, you're going up against some, some ingrained <laughs> shit here. <laughs> some <laughs> forces. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's some other stuff, though. I was reading this um, Vox article about it that sort of Dr. Vox uh, did. Do you remember David Roberts? Dave Roberts, be, yeah. He used to write for Grist. I remember, yeah. He 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 was insufferable at Grist, and then he blew up onto the national Twitter scene when he started writing for Vox and yeah. became Doctor Vox. But yeah, he's he's writing uh, now about the Green New Deal. What um, does
1: Doctor Vox say about the Green New Deal?
0: Uh, well, he noted he noted that there are a few things that it doesn't address. Some of them are good, some are bad. You know, it didn't address how to pay for it, which you know that's. Uh, that's probably a good thing that they didn't actually get that far. Uh they didn't address carbon pricing, they didn't address um they didn't address whether it would be sort of clean energy versus, you know, nuclear versus yeah. renewable, solar. Uh they didn't say anything about that. Um didn't say anything about like campaigns to like leave it in the ground or anything like that. So I mean like I don't know, they're sort of hedging their bets. I think as an opening first move is probably a good
1: thing. Um yeah, my one of my concerns about this and just still being in this world, is that they're, and just to tie it locally, I think they're consulting with a lot of the people who have led the Appalachian Just Transition thing Yes, into this f- sort of fucking, like, I'm trying to think of how I would describe it. This just, like, black hole of, like, uh, you know, micro loans to poor people to start businesses. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right, like, right, right. You know, well, that was the p- just irresp- just totally irresponsible. Just like, just yeah. like fucking, like a nicer vase on like just vampiric capitalism.
0: Well, and, and again, it,
1: it's um kind of. And there, you said you didn't you mention that there was a lot of language in there about small business incubation,
0: um, that kind of thing in this one. Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't read all of it. Uh I didn't see anything in there. I, or maybe Katie was telling me that. I I d I don't know. But well the thing that they want to do is they want to use public investment. Um I think they even wrote down a quote at some point. Um anyways, they're they're trying to not deal with private investment or anything like that. It seems to me like they're trying not Too to focus away on from that. Okay. Yeah, and they're trying to use like public investments and stuff like that. Regardless, they are you're exactly right, they are taking a page
1: out of the Appalachian. Well, they ta- I mean, they're consulting with a lot of the same people that. Yes. That have sort of painted us yeah. into this weird corner. Yes,
0: I- exactly. Because, again, like with Appalachia, you know, it's sort of the litmus test. It's the test tube or whatever for all policies that eventually wind up happening in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and give it a dry run here first, right? It doesn't matter if it <laughs> flops or flies. It's ground zero for everything good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah they the apparatus of that the institutional apparatus of the sort of dress i wrote about it in the essay it already existed here yeah. and the thing is is that once the just transition movement started running up against the realities of what it actually implies to transition away from that namely abol- abolition of private property um, abolition of all forms of mining period yeah. you
1: know of all forms of resource they, they extraction. came to bangkok but they didn't want to bang did they <laughs> Yes, in the words of uh, Andre <laughs> 3000, yeah. they uh, they actually I don't think that's what he says. I think says don't pull that thing yeah, unless you unless you came to bang. Don't pull the thing. Uh, anyway, you know, um, point still stands. Yeah,
0: yeah. They uh, so they you know so but once they ran up into those realities, the only thing left was to play on the coal industry's terms, and. So what they had to do is they had to start tacking to the center. And they had to start talking about job creation in the only way that job creation is possible in 2019 in the neoliberal hell world we live in. That's through markets. And so that's,
1: you know, that's... Let's breed the next generation <laughs> entrepreneurs, baby.
0: <laughs> and granted, you could say that, like, what AOC is doing is trying to expand the horizon, expand the, the left wing of the possible or whatever, to say, well, the government can actually step in and do that. But I'm just afraid that the forces of capital are, are so powerful and um, both literally and ideologically that it's impossible for us to see any sort of alternative that doesn't result in some sort of rupture in social
1: fabric. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say this, though. I'll say this. The things we have working for us, it, at least where this is concerned, if anybody can spearhead building that kind of a base, I think AOC can in terms of like mainstream politicians. Yeah. I mean I think she's definitely got the juice where that's concerned, but uh this is a this is a humdinger.
0: Well look, I'm I'm just telling you that all the lessons for what you want out of this are here. Yeah. Because the just transition thing is here and the response, the friends of coal thing, is also here. Right. Everything you wanted to know about what an industry looks like when it once it like implements a sort of fascist campaign to get its like workers it involved in the preservation of the industry rather than the and preservation to weaponize of weaponize them yes. against the greater good. Yeah, it is bleak and you know we bear the scars of that like sort of literally and metaphorically
1: in <laughs> <laughs> I you know I don't want to pat on the back. That's not what I got That's not
0: what I got into this for, you know. I don't want to. You know? If we actually succeeded, maybe we <laughs> Yeah, we lost. <laughs> Everybody lost my friend yeah. unfortunately.
1: Yeah, we're having to move to uh, you know. Oh, Bolivia and start over. <laughs> <laughs> i sorry, just compared us to nonsenseable.
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's a hilarious thing I thought you might like. Let's see if I can find this, bro. In Dr. Vox's essay, he he got it he had a tweet from that dipshit Sean McElwee. Uh, you know who I'm talking about?
1: Oh, the uh Happy hour socialist guy The happy
0: hour socialist There you go Read what his quote was on this
1: (laughs) This is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard man And again Tell about another guy That's in over his head Yeah (laughs) Just just, just (laughs) totally outmatched Compared to how smart he is How
0: smart he thinks he he is How smart he thinks he is Yeah He's a dipshit If the left is gonna succeed We need to take people like this And like this out And beat them with fucking tire irons And tell them to shut the fuck up (laughs) He said, The Green New Deal is what it means to be progressive. Clean air, clean water, decarbonizing green jobs, a just transition, and environmental justice are what it means to be progressive. By definition, that means politicians who don't support, support those goals aren't progressive. We need to hold that line. Get on the Green New Deal train or choo-choo, motherfucker. We're going right past you.
1: <laughs> the tire iron's too good for this guy. The look on your face. <laughs> A lead pipe. I'll hey can No, I, no, no. We need something that's not even been invented yet to beat him with.
0: This is the thing, man. These people—they're—they're uh, they're obsessed with symbols. They're obsessed with symbolic. Je- look, look. I'm just trying. There's no way to shortcut a revolution. There's man, no way. Man,
1: Medicare for all didn't exist. That I was tweeting about. Yeah, I,
0: he said. I, he
1: said he lives in Donald Trump's head. Just, Noth- nobody lives in Donald Trump's head except for, <laughs> except for. Trump as a little boy riding a pony and just, <laughs> this is what goes in his head all day, and it just goes in a circle. It's like Mr. Burns on The Simpsons, you know, when he has those yep. moments where he's just riding that little dinosaur. <laughs> it's absolutely. No, uh, that's what I mean, yeah. No, if the left really wants to
0: succeed, it's got to get opportunist motherfuckers like that out of it immediately. I don't care what methods you got to use. Uh, if you hear this, uh, that's just kind of a
1: joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um nah, I I I'll tell you this, I'll i answer the call is I I'll whoop Sean McGill. Sh- I'll ass. I'll do that. You do that? I'll be my you'll contribution. So I'll put that out there now. <laughs> Anybody in New York who wants to tell Sean McKelby <laughs> if he wants to go one on one with the great one. Oh my god. I'll do that. Yeah, um smack every tooth in his fucking head out.
0: Yeah, no, um let's see. Yeah. Green New York <laughs> You know they've also got this sort of provision in there about the U.S. leading the way because we consume so many resources. Yeah, that's good. Um, I guess that gives you a way to to attack the ad- very identity of the U.S., which
1: I support. <laughs> um, <laughs> good, that's a keeper. Yeah, that's like they sl- just just have them send us a draft and we'll tell them what <laughs> plays. It.
0: Uh, yeah, calls for the country to upgrade every residential and industrial building to be energy
1: efficient. Yeah, I mean, um, I've also seen that uh, go both ways. I don't really. Puts all police on bicycles and, <laughs> <laughs> and just them whistles instead of guns. And then puts a sign on there that says, I'm a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that. That's that's good. Keep that in there. Well, it does include other stuff in there like Medicare
0: for all. I mean, it, you know, it advocates Medicare for all, jobs guarantee, uh, universal basic income, which... I don't really feel like I have the energy about arguing about it right now but <clears throat> um you know I I just though just to belabor the point I you know back wh- earlier we were talking about what does a just transition mean? Yeah. No. Just to belabor the point. I think for me, <clears throat> you know, you've got all the surface features of it. Abolition of all these, you know, things we do, destroy the environment and all this. But then there's the uh, um, there's the, there's a sort of philosophical part of it too. Nah. <clears throat> so if I guess a just transition for me would be the evolution of private property. That's a huge issue of why we have resource extraction, right? Um, or or that's that is a huge facilitator in how it's actually done and um, how it's consumed and everything else. You know this this notion that like we mine p- resources for profit um you know for individual consumption there's no sort of community community aspect of it at all so i guess a just transition would be like reintroducing you know community you know values of community and in finding our identity through community no nah. um rather through sort of individual consumption and all these other things i guess that would be a part of it too no nah. i i'll tell you what a r- just transition is not <clears throat> is it's any kind of move away from a fossil fuel-based economy that just perpetuates the same power dynamics, social dynamics,
1: hierarchies, uh, and everything else that we already have in present society. Well, you know what we need, too, with this? This is just... I'm not saying the Soviet Union's where you want (laughs) to... Is any exemplar of where you want to be as a society? I mean, as it was constituted in the later years, particularly but you need something a big program that people would kind of like almost die for you know what i mean that's so intertwined with who they are as a person yeah you know what i'm saying like but not like a weird nationalism or like some sort of weird ethnocentrism like you know you say yeah. usa bullshit i'm just saying like a uh, a political sort of identity that people <clears throat> The masses could You know what I'm saying I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly Well Like I'm just imagining A lot of people in a giant stadium With the (laughs) international playing (laughs) You know Well the thing about it That's what I want That's all I want
0: Well look I think that Whatever we want Is like It's gonna wind up happening anyways Because we're talking about A thing of life or death You know We have Ostensibly about 10 years To Turn the dial back on You know
1: the most hellish we're already seeing Look, and they, even then even then we're still going to be managing the Dude, symptoms for the rest yes, of
0: it's February 7th I'm sitting here sweating my ass off it's 75 I've degrees i had a heat
1: stroke today like walking up those, I was like god <laughs> like
0: w- look it's it's uh the stakes have never been higher and this is across the board you know in, I just want to encourage everybody to look at it from that perspective from the perspective of And and, and maybe I'm sort of changing people and maybe I'm, you know, um, doing this in bad faith. I'm really not. I mean, I I know that people are not... I know that most leftists fully realize that what is in front of us requires a sort of revolutionary transformation of society. I'm just trying to paint a sort of picture of the material aspect of what happens on the ground once you... Try to do these things Because yeah. if anything That's the only thing I'm good at I'm not an academic I don't have fucking You know I'm not a
1: learned Person Necessarily I just have Some experience and and We're just, we're just <laughs> Hicks with experience <laughs> That's all we are
0: Well And furthermore We grew up in Cultures that were I could see how some people Probably Sean McGillie Or whatever would be like That is batshit insane I can't believe those people Actually believe those things And that their lives Are centered around them But Unfortunately Our lives are kind of Centered around The shit we
1: pull out of the earth Yeah It's It's a It's, it's a defined un- Yeah Our lives My granddad died for that Yeah exactly <laughs> You know what I mean It's defined our lives It's defined our identities And It's defined our futures <laughs> Exactly <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that, you know, like, my granddad wasn't paid in real money. Right. There's a reason that I grew up poor. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, real poor. Exactly.
0: Well, and, and so, you know, and I understand that there are far more people in the city who are, you know, going to be impacted by climate change and just far more people in the cities in general and that, you know, you don't have to take our feelings or whatever into account when you're doing these things. You don't. I'm not asking you to. All I'm asking you to is take our experience into account yeah. once you're when you're considering these things, and where you all
1: are um you know Madero <laughs> <laughs> when it hits the fan and they're carting you off, the Morelos boys will be there to step in and save things, <laughs> and then we'll just <laughs> then we'll just be real rednecky in the capitals that we take, just hanging out and not knowing much to do, so we'll just start like breaking like van Goghs and shit and <laughs> Setting stuff on fire. and Right. <laughs> bringing our <laughs> horses in. <laughs> right into the Oval Office. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. <laughs>
0: Fucking uh, um, Pancho v was my hero. Yeah, he was pretty awesome. Him and Emiliano both. Um, yeah, um, so, you know, that's really probably all that there's, there is to say about that. I just thought that, like, I just think it's a fascinating thing, you know. It's like I said earlier; it's like a a graft or a a transferal, an explosion for, of our the things that we talk about daily here onto the sort of national scene, yeah. the national stage. Yeah, um, you know, no ill will towards AOC. I wish her the best. I do, unfortunately, think that she's, you know, in way over her head. Um, but you know what? I got
1: you know reason. what, one of those old dead Victorian poets said somebody's, well, uh, it's, they use gendered language, but said a man's expectation should far exceed his grasp. Well, you know, <laughs> a person's <laughs> expectation should far exceed their grasp. Right, right. God damn it. Now will see, let's... I heard a Victorian expression that said,
0: um, it's good to be in over your head, you know how tall you are. I fucked it up because I
1: fuck up every. You're not you? good at idioms. <laughs> so. That's all right. <laughs> but you get the general yeah, idea. I know what you mean. Right? Yeah, I know what you mean. So we're going to see what we're made of here. Yeah, no. Uh, look, we're, we're all in it
0: together. Um, I disagree with AOC about a lot, but um, you have to draw some lines of demarcation somewhere. And my, the line that I'm drawing of demarcation, even though I disagree with her a lot and probably her general philosophy and everything about life, the line of demarcation is at AOC, and anything to the right of that is an enemy. It's out. It's, an it's, in, it's that, out. Those are your enemies. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, and I'm not uh, I think that you can criticize her and, you know Wait, of course I
1: think anybody that. Anybody can I mean, criticize anybody. I,
0: of course I think that. Like, I don't even agree with the, you know, really the general premise behind electoralism and all these other <laughs> things, but
1: um, Hey, you don't have to keep shoring up your ultra-left credentials. Know, we know, Pat. Hey, you're on the record. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> we know you're a real one.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks. You know, i am always got to make sure everybody knows I'm, I've still got my edge.
1: I, I, I the love, minute I start losing my I edge. love when we start talking about, like, we start softening to some of this electoral stuff. We have to <laughs> first lay out the qualifier that, well, just so you know, we're real communists. Well, look, we're, we got our edge. As a not, result. We're not sellouts so uh, or you anything. Know. Yeah. <laughs> So, no. This is exciting, but yeah, it's like we say, this is a massive, massive undertaking that will fundamentally alter the fabric of society, <laughs> and that needs to be understood. That needs- otherwise, otherwise, if it's not going to be that, you're not going to get to zero emissions. You're not going to do anything else. No. Yeah. Y- d-
0: yes, you're not getting to zero emissions without fundamentally altering the fabric of what this nation is. No. And, again, I know everybody realizes that. I'm not, you know, not saying anything new, but...
1: So, I just wanted to kind of take this local for a second just to kind of illustrate the point. Anything short of that sort of massive upheaval and completely changing the fabric like we're talking about is going to result in the situation here where where you have... So, for folks that don't know, in Kentucky, there was this big initiative that became this sort of um, acronym uh shaping our Appalachian region or SOAR. SOAR. Which was started by the former Democratic governor and our Republican Congressman Hal Rogers. Right. As a sort of bipartisan initiative to give the region a shot in the arm, you know? Diversify this, it. Because Proud, gritty, faithful people deserve a shot in the arm.
0: <laughs> right, because they had absorbed the language and not the kind we
1: been taking for the last few years. Exactly.
0: They had the, the language and ideas of just transition
1: had reached them. And right. so they were like, Well we're gonna we're gonna participate in that. Right. So um the two of the bigger initiatives they've been pushing since this thing kicked off a couple of years ago was uh, promotion of this company Interblue. Yeah. Which was like the battery like a lithium battery lithium factory. Lithium battery factory that was gonna provide all these jobs. Another one um was the Berkeley Energy Solar Farm. Yeah. And that was gonna go in Pike County. Um and then the latest one that sort of made news is App Harvest, which somehow thought they were going to give jobs to everybody in Appalachia <laughs> picking tomatoes. Uh, well, tell you where things have went with all that stuff. So all three of those projects are now not happening in the place it was going to happen at because of issues with the, the land. Right, right. So basically, in eastern Kentucky, their whole future has been staked upon what we can do with these abandoned mine land sites right and for the uninitiated that is sites that have basically been leveled and flattened that were once mountains to get coal out and then use the flat land that's apparently so coveted by people <laughs> uh, that they just had, they had to do their duty in flattening the land so they could develop on it right, right turns out these companies got all the coal and you can't really do anything with this land. In fact, the, in Martin County, where they're having this huge water crisis that we've talked about a fair amount, they built a prison that's on one of these sites that's actually sinking. Right. <laughs> little bit, little by little. Which would be a good thing if there were no prisoners <laughs> inside. Right. But so the nickname for it is Sink Sink. Sink Sink. Right. right. And so all these, you know, outfits were going to do these, you know, redevelop these mindsets to do all these, you know, economic development initiatives and all this stuff. Here's the net result. blue ended up being a scam. Yeah. They uh had all they they used this to like get investments from all over the place and then they just backed out of the project and they're, you know, looking for some place else to take in it. And they're gonna right. do the same place they they're never gonna build this battery factory. They're gonna go get all the tax incentives and investment and then just say, eh, we can't do it here and just keep moving. Go keep to the moving. bluegrass or Alabama. Right. Uh mm-hmm. App Harvest is the subject of a lawsuit with Pike County, Kentucky, who invested millions in it and then they just backed out. <laughs> uh so, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> 0 for 2. And then I don't really know what's going on with the Berkeley Energy thing, except I know that they were going to, you know, this huge energy company, I think they were in coal and maybe oil and natural gas, too. Right. Uh, we wanted to get it on the ground floor of solar, and they were going to build this huge solar farm on one of these AML sites. Turns out it's not good for that either, so they, yeah. they pulled the plug on that. So, uh <laughs> All this we've been sold about, you know, the flat land and how, like, all this mountaintop removal is actually going to be good for development because you can build on it. Turns out none of it's good for building anything on it. (laughs) Well, and an important thing to remember here, uh, and this is vitally
0: important when you're talking about the Green New Deal, (laughs) is that, um, so... Let me see if I can thread this needle. So, when you're talking about the Green New Deal, like... You, what's going to wind up happening is as they try to bring this into sort of political reality, they're going to find out that they're going to have to start making some compromises because that's what politics is. But in the sort of capitalist state, in the you know capitalist industrial state, what's going to wind up happening is very likely that they're going to put all the— if, if they even manage to pull off the impossible of eradicating fossil fuel consumption and extraction— then they're go- if 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 that is done in the capitalist system which let's hope to fucking god it's not because it's going to be bloody and messy but if it is done inside the capitalist system what's going to wind up happening is to make that political deal they're probably going to have to transfer a lot of capital into private contractors whether they say that's what they want or not out front just to make it work in a capitalist society to actually implement some sort of like large scale uh, you know whether it's solar farming and then you know using the solar farming to distribute energy electricity and everything it's probably going to be done through capitalist channels right. and so in some ways the green new deal kind of puts the cart before the horse cuz you know to actually make this work you'd have to end capitalism and you'd have to end market uh, you know the in the use of markets as the distribution of resources.
1: If if you want it to be what you say you want it if to you, be, if yeah, exactly,
0: if, exactly, and you can compromise. But again, <laughs>
1: we're still going to be swimming <laughs> with fishes.
0: Right, right. Now this is this is why I've always wanted to do an episode specifically about the energy grid. Just about you know how it's distributed, how it's cut up. You know what energy comes from where. You know, how much capital is tied into it. Because that's ultimately what we're talking about here. Um, And look, there are some powerful interests who want to change the energy grid. It's not just leftists. There are powerful people like Bill Gates who are heavily invested in, you know, transitioning to some sort of fossil fuel economy. And they're going to try to do it in a way that placates and bargains with the fossil fuel industry and uh, f- bargains with the forces of capital. And what's going to wind up happening is you're going to get Inner Blue or App Harvest, things that don't do
1: shit. And they're all- scams.
0: They're scams. Yeah, they're scams. <laughs> Let's just be clear <laughs> on what
1: they are. They're scams. Exactly. Exactly. The aluminum factory. That was another one. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The aluminum factory didn't pan out. <laughs> and then I think they they were going to do another aluminum factory and
0: it didn't pan out. Well, the whole what we realized, you know, and it was really funny when they first introduced the idea of soar in the Siberian or Appalachian region in like 2000, was like 13 or something, 14. The I remember a lot of progressives, people in the sort of NGO nonprofit left, were like, "Well, you know, we just got to see what's going to happen. We, we got to, you know, can't bash it immediately." And it just was immediately obvious that it served no other purpose than to get a bunch of businessmen into a room. <laughs>
1: To make deals. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And all this stuff serves as a vehicle for essentially that. Right. Right. I mean, I've just, I mean, I've witnessed this. And you know, when we say something like AOC's in overhead or whoever's in over their head, we're not saying this as white men talking down to a woman. We're saying this as people that come from these communities where yeah. there's a lot at stake for something like this, and we could get behind something like this. But just know, right, what you're getting into. Well, the thing is, is it's just, uh, it, the, you know. Marxists
0: radicals, we pride ourselves on being able to look at the material reality you know and and give an honest assessment of political economy and all that, you know just really you gotta really rely on that um because otherwise you'll you'll get taken for a ride, i guess um so on that note though, on soar, I just wanted to just sh- read you something real quick, and I fucking closed it, man, so now I'm gonna not be able to find it ever again. uh, stall for time, Tom.
1: Stop for time. Do we have any Rich People Are Deeply Diseased
0: segments? We do. Oh, hell yeah.
1: Okay, let's see who we got. This comes from...
0: Man, we need some kind of
1: keyboard player. Uh, uh, musician. Who can? Okay. This comes from, let me scan through here and make sure they don't care to be.
0: Oh, man. Let me see. This this is the best part of the show. Terrence and
1: Tom fumble around to find shit. Now, here we go, here we go, here we go. This comes from uh, Jonathan Howard at JohnDean25, twitter.com. I'm in a Snapchat group, which is largely for sharing... Memes and things. One of the members is a friend of a friend. He's this rich guy from Owensboro. That's Owensboro, Kentucky. Oh, nice. His dad was an investment guy and owned business and things, and since he has died, his son is now a multimillionaire at the tender age of 22. He's already started businesses of his own and has most of his money tied up in investments and stocks, as you do when you become a multimillionaire at the tender age of 22. Right, right. He flies around the country whenever he wants and basically holds his money in the face of the other people in our group that he is, quote, friends, end quote, with. So they kiss his ass and things. (laughs) I can tell this guy's from Kentucky. It's a distinctly Kentucky thing. We punctuate everything within things. (laughs) I do that every show. The other day, about a week ago, in parentheses, free Bobby Shmurda. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. We got to discuss some politics and things, which happens often. Most of the time, I refrain from these conversations or at least pretend to be more of a liberal rather than reveal my true feelings about these matters because it makes things easier on me in the long run. Hey, don't feel the pressure to do that, (laughs) J-Bone. Let them know where you stand. Yeah, let your freak flag fly. This time, I did not. I started talking about communism and organizing society as such and what that would look like and how that would be beneficial. Well, Mr. Capital starts going on and on about how if we take away entrepreneurial ventures how there would be no motivation to work or achieve new advancements in sciences or other fields all that old gambit huh yeah, yeah as if, as if the masses of people would just not want to learn would just not want to <laughs> live in absolute health unless you could make money off of it right he is fully convinced that people work in an effort to achieve these wild dreams of grandeur such as having ferraris and lamborghinis and being able to buy private islands Swear to God he was serious that this was every worker's dream. He couldn't fathom that 99.999% repeating of people would literally, would have to literally fucking live and not die in a ditch. Oh, I'm sorry. 99.999% repeating of people work literally to fucking live and not die in a ditch somewhere destitute. He thinks that everyone believes they can reach the top and be in the 1%. Then he goes on about how these higher... But, that's hilarious to me. Just as a mathematical
0: proposition, it's like, everybody can be in the 1%. It's like... <laughs> Actually,
1: no. By it's definition, math- only 1% <laughs> of people can be in the 1%. Exactly. Then he goes on about how these higher taxes on the wealthy are going to make people with money like him not want to earn $10 million because they're just going to get taxed after that point anyway and that they don't want it going to the government. Instead, he would create businesses and become a ruler over workers in order to distribute his wealth, which he would be distributing very little of anyway in order to make more money. The mental block in this man's mind was astounding. At 22, he would never envision people working to survive. No, instead, people worked to buy islands and other meaningless shit. It's a good point. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah. that Wealthy people think poor people's motivation is to aspire to just like buy these like just crazy things like islands and houses and whatever. Absolutely. That's what you should be working for. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well and not just that, but like the social capital that comes along with it and like the uh
1: sort of success. Yeah. You know if you're rich you can be stupid as all fuck but still get invited on MSNBC. Yeah. That's you ever notice that?
0: Oh yeah. Just look at Chris Hayes, man. Or uh <laughs> Starbucks dude. Schultz. Well I will say that the dude um the the dumb you know, entrep- pro-entrepreneurial guy, he has made a fatal error. Um, there, there's nothing wrong, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you a millionaire and you want to keep making money and you don't want to pay the government taxes, bro, what are you doing? Just start philanthropy. Just uh, start Duh. some nonprofits. profits Just fucking tr- funnel all your money into philanthropy. The government can't take
1: it then. I can't <laughs> take it, baby. <laughs>
0: wow. I know how it works, man. What a fucking Dunsky, huh? Yeah, what a dumbass. Oh oh okay, so this is what I wanted to show you. Um the SASOR, as we were just talking about, shaping our Appalachian region, who is ostensibly uh established to diversify the Appalachian economy. As you know, I'm job searching right now. Man. And, and they're hiring they're hiring for a position. Okay. Check out the fucking title of this position. The title of this position is called A Business and Innovation Champion. That's the title.
1: <laughs> That's better than being an organizer or a uh, director. Yeah, I, I agree. A okay. champion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better than being a field coordinator, an organizer. I'm gonna ask my employer to change my title to Eastern Kentucky <laughs> Champion. <laughs>
0: business and innovation champion will work as the point of contact or champion to promote the services and resources of soar innovation and its network of partners and resources to entrepreneurs startups and existing small businesses once identified business and innovation champions will work as case managers to move clients through the soar innovation ah, so pipeline that's, now
1: now the there it is <laughs> they always reveal what you're going to be really doing you're going to be a social worker exactly yeah. well for small businesses yeah you're going to be there <laughs> <laughs> that is isn't that isn't, I know it's, like, sort of a, a a common refrain, but, like, you know, it's like the Martin Luther King thing, oh, there's socialism for the rich and rugged yeah. individualism for everybody else. Right, right. That is so fucking true. It is. It's like, for people that are terrified of socialism, they sure revel in it a lot. Oh, absolutely, because <laughs> they couldn't do it without each other. Well, that's not,
0: well, It's inc- it's highly competitive for them as well, but they use the same sort of... They have. They But almost, that's only to make them feel alive, right? They almost have their own sort of safety net, like their own sort of like social welfare safety net in some ways. Yeah. Um, uh, your responsibilities work closely with stakeholders, stakeholders from across Appalachia, Kentucky, to identify potential op- entrepreneurs, startups, and existing small businesses who desire to expand by leveraging innovation to export, import, or utilize, utilize the digital economy for growth. That's the thing, man. They're all about this digital economy, like.
1: Here's what I want you to do, man. Silicon holler, man. All I want you to do is I want you to go to these like phone interviews, <laughs> record them, and just play them on the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be perfect. We
0: should start be just being the master trolls of all the, this grift. Oh, we totally could, and because they're such fucking dumbasses, like you really could just uh, lie about it. Uh, Manage relationships with clients through the SOAR Innovation ecosystem to maximize efficiency of process to desired outcomes. Provide meaningful communication and establish an effective working relationship with ecosystem partners. Man, this is so fucking bad. It is so bad. Um, You must be a self-starter who can work with little or no supervision. (laughs) Oh, God. It's going to be tough. (laughs) Promote the images, brand, and awareness of SOAR Innovation in both sustaining and cultivating partnerships. Wow, Tom. Oh, anyways, you think I sh- you think I can make it as a business innovation champion?
1: <clears throat> I don't see why not. You're you're a successful small business owner. That's true. That's true. Uh, Podcast is kind of like you know, it's like like tending a shop. But it, it is funny. Like you made that point the other
0: night. Like. We, how many people have we seen come through this place With like the big idea Like they're gonna start a restaurant They're gonna start a goat show, goat soap Artisanal shop A boutique shop And they all fail And we are the only ones who have done something that's sustainable
1: <laughs> <laughs> And all really just about Of about And it's not about like relishing in somebody's failure or whatever But it's just about pointing out the hypocrisies of that stuff
0: Yeah Yes exactly Exactly And you know But it is also Chris relishing humor. It is also relishing In their fa- failure a little Not
1: bit. the peoples I'm just talking about You know
0: Well I'm relishing In their failure So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude I feel so sorry Like when I see Like Somebody's got a dream Of Open up some kind of business Or like whatever It's their life on dream They just dive into it And then they get like You know one of these low-interest loans or something to start it, and then it just goes belly up in six months. And Oh, my God, man. It's I want to hold them tightly and say, hey, come over here. It's a scam, bro. It's a scam.
0: Also, the nonprofits can stay alive and relevant. Look, I can say that now. I'm not good fired again. <laughs> Can't fire me twice. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, well, that's about wraps up this episode. Um, support us on Patreon.com Please We would really
1: appreciate Your patronage And yeah, Keep this grift alive Keep this us. grift alive for us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't let us become A statistic of the Appalachian <laughs> transition movement Exactly Keep <laughs> us in Keep <laughs> us in business And keep us in You know A little bit
0: of walking around Right Right Um well, from, in my case, it's quite literally <laughs> paying rent money. Albuterol <laughs> <laughs> <all> money. Albuterol <laughs> money because I'm unemployed. Um, but yeah, go to patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. No apostrophe in that URL. And uh, support us there. I feel like there was s- something else I was going to say. Oh, oh, oh. I was also just going to say that. Uh, there's something in it for you, too, because the content there is pretty good, if you ask me. You got some good content. If you ask me about the content on the Patreon,
1: A+. Plus. A+++. Plus plus plus. A++ plus content. People are raving about it, P- actually. People, I've seen people raving about it, as well.
0: Um. So, anyways, go check that out. And um, is that it for the week? You I think that's else? it
1: for the week. Uh, Speak Your Pieces are on Patreon this week. So
0: Yeah, they'll be on Patreon. We, me and Tom recorded an
1: episode yesterday, and... Uh, it, Basically devolved into us exploring <laughs> theories about James Brown's death, <laughs> uh, so. and we were going to make
0: that the public one, but then we f- felt like it just didn't cut. It just didn't make the. Uh, it's that's for the that's for the true believers. That's, that's for yes, the real heads. The true fans, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's it's so we'll put that one up on Patreon for y'all, and uh, it, I, I will say it, it does feature my best keyboarding. Uh, my get my best keyboard playing though of all the episodes D- that didn't happen. Um, I, had to <laughs> I had to redo it I, had, I I had the wrong channel plugged in So I had to go back and dub over it So I spent about an hour this morning Listening to me and you banter back and forth While I tried to put orchestral That's not
1: good <laughs> man.
0: And that's when I texted you This is a bad one. Oh god <laughs> It's really not bad though Please go listen to it You'll like it Um. Anyways Uh. Thanks for joining us this week Um Maybe see we'll see you out there see you out there